Hey folks, welcome to Sides Podcast. I'm Paul T. Carney. Thanks for joining us today. My guest is Amy Guyton. She wears a lot of hats. She's a massage therapist who owns Lotus 9. She is a political organizer, one of the organizers and founders of the Kentucky Initiative. Um, she's involved in a lot of things across the state, and I look forward to the conversation that we had, letting her describe that. Um, check us out on iTunes. Check us out on Stitcher. Leave comments. Leave ratings. Most importantly, share these conversations with friends. Here's our conversation with Amy Guyton. So I guess we'll get started. Amy, thank you for doing this. Thanks for having me. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Crestwood, Kentucky, in mm-hmm. Oldham County. Okay. On the other side of the tracks, right, where the more the middle or the you know working class people mm-hmm. um, live, you know, because I went to school with folks that live in Prospect and Goshen, and mm-hmm. um, we didn't live on that side of the town. So um, my parents um, are both just high school graduates. Mm-hmm. Couldn't afford to go to college, and um, we just kind of grew up in a normal little working class neighborhood, and and uh, lived there from I was a baby to eighteen, and got out of the footloose town, so I had to go. It was a little <laughs> too conservative for my taste, but was getting out of the footloose town coming here? I mean, I want to say that I really enjoyed growing up there because I you know climbed trees, and hmm. one of my best friends as a kid as a was a her family owned a milk farm, a cow farm, so uh, you know they'd name all the calves after their friend her friends and they had a big milk production, and mm-hmm. we'd drive ATVs all throughout our farm, so I mean that kind of stuff mm-hmm. helped mold me, mold me who with who I am now, you right. know, but the conservative side of life was too much for me, and I didn't want to stay there. Many of the people my classmates have stayed there mm-hmm. and kind of mimicked what they grew up in, which is fine. Has that area changed at all over the years? Is that still pretty much the same there? No, I think a lot of it has changed. So I lived uh, right on the Oldham County, Jefferson County line, kind of where Norton Commons is, but further further mm-hmm. in. But that's changed. <laughs> all, so you imagine all of the, I mean, you even remember from being here, mm-hmm. the time you've been here, that was all farmland. That mm-hmm. was all horse country, mm-hmm. really. Um, and it's Corbett's and Norton's and, you know, uh, Lowe's and whatever else is out there now. Right. So... Uh, whatever is green is now not green. But I think uh, Crestwood, when I do drive through there, they have their own growth, but it's still Crestwood. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the growth that would make sense for that type of small community. Mm-hmm. Goshen and Prospect seem the same to me almost. You know, it really does. You drive right. down all those roads and you're just like, you know, some new builds, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's the same to me. Um, and it's beautiful. Just don't want to live there. They've sort of, the impression I get a lot of times is that the people who live there have kind of worked to keep it mm-hmm. as kind it of, is. Yeah, yeah yeah and that's I think when they built the new bridge down near Harrods Creek that blew me away I think um, I didn't realize that it would be um, as different as it is I don't know if you've driven through mm-hmm. there but yeah. it was just you know because I used to kind of go hike back where that mansion is mm-hmm. um, and when I, I hadn't been back there in a long time when I drove, drove through there right they weren't even finished with the bridge yet and I really had to stop I was mm-hmm. just like where am I this is crazy mm-hmm. but um, I ended up coming back to the Highlands, or not coming back to the Highlands, but um, in high school, I just you know snuck out and did the Rocky Horror Picture Show at the Vogue <laughs> and uh, Heavy Metal yeah. and uh, Monty Python and you're dating yourself, but yeah, yeah right. <laughs> uh, and punk rock shows in people's basements and at the Vogue and at the uh-huh. Kentucky Theater and wherever else we could have a show. And um, I remember not being able to find the Highlands mm-hmm. from Crestwood. Um, I had a curfew, so mm-hmm. I had to speed home. You know, the Highlands was just capital of crazy. You right. know, we didn't have that in Footloose Town. It was like, oh, <laughs> they're everywhere. Weirdo people are everywhere. This is awesome. 
I was like, I'm going to live here. Mm-hmm. So that's how it happened. I wish I had had that earlier exposure mm. to, to good weirdos. I had to go to college to do it. But <laughs> the town I lived in, New Orleans, was the closest, which is great. The that's closest the capital thing. weirdos. But it was like 70 miles. Oh, yeah. So like speeding back and forth <laughs> was... Not, just not as much of an option. Right. And somehow my parents always knew if I tried it, too. Oh, isn't that funny? They knew people. And that's why, like, when I talked to my nephew when he was uh, of the lying teenage years, um, he's like, how do you know? And I'm like, because I lied, too. <laughs> you know, like, I was a teenager, too, with strict parents. Like, I yeah. know you're lying, mm-hmm. you know, but... But I know the tricks. But I did it my whole life to get out of the house to go to the weirdo capital in the Highlands. So. Yeah. So when you got here... On, on your own, what what did life become for you? Did you just kind of continue to throw yourself into all the good stuff that had drawn you to the Highlands in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm hoping that you didn't like just immediately grow up and become responsible because that would just kill my image. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't grow up until I was like 35. Um, and that's even debatable at this point. But um, I moved out of my house. So my parents are super, super strict. I had a curfew mm-hmm. and I didn't want a curfew. <laughs> And so I was like, you know, I'm going to move out. I've saved up some money and I'm going to move out. I was about to start college. I'd graduated from high school and about to go to L. And my folks were like, no, you know, you're not moving out. You're too mm. young. And so I said, okay. And, you know, that was kind of a contentious time. And speaking of New Orleans, they went to a Mardi Gras party. Mm-hmm. And my boyfriend at the time and his friend drove their punk rock van, their band van over to my house. And I moved out in the middle of the night (laughs) and my parents came home and Mm. my room was gone, you know, and I was gone with it. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was an odd time, Mm -hmm. but, um, found an apartment above Qdoba on the corner of Eastern Parkway and Barstown road. Mm -hmm. It was a dump. The landlord, I think he owns, um, Kentucky kingdom. Mm -hmm. He and his wife, um, they were not good landlords. (laughs) Um, our roof caved in and they never fixed it. And we had, homeless folks living in our crawl spaces and yeah it was a it was a fun time but I mean I look back on that and I think oh my god yeah never again never I mean (laughs) I look at me and my teens and early 20s now and I'm like I survived that but we had a lot of fun yeah and you had to let the pendulum swing Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and you know it was we were doing a lot of music and Mm -hmm. I was exposed to a lot of music and that was really a big part of my life at that Mm -hmm. time so it was really it was a great experience Wait, so you were doing a lot of music? No, I wasn't doing. Oh. I guess I was more involved with people that were doing music. Yeah. So I was going to say, I didn't know about that side. but Oh, no, I don't have a musical <laughs> bone in my body. <laughs> you never got tempted just to jump up and, you know, scream some vocals or... Mm-mm, no, mm mm-mm. No tambourine on no. the side, nothing. Okay. <laughs> no triangle. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a great thing. I mean, I guess may still be the same now, but great thing, at least back then, about punk scenes. And it was participatory, even if you just showed up mm-hmm. like that you just you were considered part of it yeah it was the diy movement yeah, really yeah. it was if we have to attach ourselves to a generation being a gen xer i mean mm. but we did it all ourselves yeah uh we rented the place we saved up money to rent a space or you know we communicate with our fellow folks and mm-hmm. have shows and 500 people would show up you know i mean i don't know how we survived without cell phones or com- <laughs> you know or computers open to us at any time but it was a great time and it was and I think it, that has stayed with me, even with my organizing stuff I do now, is, mm-hmm. is the DIY, uh, making personal contacts and, and that kind of stuff and being authentic and genuine yeah. and having a little bit of um, angst kind of gives you some, I don't know, some energy to kind of 
take it on. Yeah. It's the same energy by other means. Like the technology has changed, but you know, we used to call it just getting to know people. Now it's networking, but I mean, it's, it's the same animal. You get to know people, put the word out there. You know, we, now we make events on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Back then it was, you know, posters on every telephone pole in town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it still makes me really happy when I see posters on telephone poles. Too. I do too. I mean, it's, you know, and I, I, I feel like such an old lady whenever I talk to them. <laughs> I was talking about this, about this with a friend of mine and about music. And, mm -hmm. um, I always ask my nephew whenever he shares music with me, mm -hmm. I'm like, where are they from? And he's like, why do you always ask that? I was like, well, there was a time that it mattered, mm -hmm. you know, or what label they were on, depending on what part of the country they were, mm -hmm. you know, and certain like the Bay area metal has a certain sound or, yeah. Or whatever, but um, it still comes out of my mouth and it cracks me up because he's like, "You're so weird." But um, uh, and then that's what I told him that we would put flyers up and mm -hmm. we'd spend hours in Kinkos mm -hmm. cutting and pasting and making zines and making you know flyers to go on yeah. poles and stuff. So, how much time did you spend with? Or you guys may never have done this, but like you know, if you were looking for a roommate or looking for somebody to come into your band, you had to put the phone numbers at the bottom of the flyer and then cut each one so somebody could tear it off. You know. <laughs> Thank God I never had to do that, but I, I mean, oh, that, that's crazy because those are everywhere and I think oh, yeah. I still see them in coffee shops. I'm like, oh my gosh. People still, oh, I guess I don't look anymore. <laughs> Craig's <laughs> list is not them. sketchy enough. Okay. Yeah, really. How'd you find out about me? I tore this piece of paper off. <laughs> okay. That's safe. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so the, okay, I, I'm going to go sideways, but I'll probably do that a lot. What you said just then though about back then it seemed that local really meant something in terms of music because, mm -hmm. you know, you, you knew that every scene kind of had a slightly different sound or you'd heard things about the people in different areas or whatnot. How much do you think that that is still true and we just kind of ignore it in favor of the idea of the Internet having sort of leveled the field in that way? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Um, gosh, I talk about this a lot with folks in our age group, you know, uh, <laughs> God, we've we've kicked up to the next box when we check it on things. It's depressing. I'm a little disappointed. I just turned 50, and I have not received anything from AALP yet. <laughs> you get your 6% discount at Kroger on not Wednesdays? Yet. Not yet. Oh, man. Let me know how that works out. <laughs> if you need me to get that applesauce on the top shelf, I'll okay, get it for you. Thanks. I don't know. There was, there was with music or, or anything, I'll use music as an example for me. You would meet people from different like Chicago or Richmond or, you know, where, you know, wherever um, mm -hmm. you were either going to a show and meeting or talking to people and it was just a different way of living. Um, but at the end of the day, we all had things in common or whatever. But um, I think the internet has actually dumbed us down. I think closing of music stores and bookstores, like that's an event, mm -hmm. you know, like that's mm -hmm. put your hands on. Like I went, um, it was record day, record store day. And we went record store shopping, right? So, um, you know, to put your hands on that and, mm -hmm. you know, you'd always look at the label, you know, you'd be like, oh, that's touch and go. And, oh, I know what, I know what sound to expect kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, I think that's, I think music's just changed so much too. And I think we've just, for the sake of convenience, I think we've sure. lost so much. Um, and it's so nice to put hands on a record or I love the smell of a book mm -hmm. when I go through it, you mm -hmm. know, and I'm, and I think that, we lose out when we don't do that. Um, mm. You know, MP3s are great. And I mean, I don't know. I feel like an old lady where I'm like, I don't like any music <laughs> anymore. These kids. Um, but that's just me. But um, I'm just cranky all the time, I guess. But huh. 
Uh, anyway, I don't want to get up too off track. But no, no. Well, but uh, so kind of segueing slightly from there to uh, we'll get more heavily, I'm sure, into political stuff in a minute. But that's something I think about a lot these days, and especially in conversations I have with people that let's just say I I don't see eye to eye with mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, um, and they're always making some version of the argument of we should have the right in our little area to mm-hmm. make our own decisions without. You know, one guy always says, without centralized authority mm-hmm. um, making it for us. And he tries to make the argument that people who are, you know, more lib- liberal, progressive, whatever, are trying to erase those distinctions um, and make everything homogenized. homogenized. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think about the way we grew up, and, you know, our lives have been kind of a celebration of those kinds of differences in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we used to love it when brief time I was in a band in college and I was in the ranks of like the worst bass players <clears throat> in the world um, but loved it when you know we got together with any guys from outside of town because then it was the opportunity to share the differences mm-hmm. you know you might have a little bit of staring each other down at first um, mm-hmm. but that was just usually because somebody had come into quote unquote our territory right. but that disappeared really fast because right. you kind of establish things you have in common and then you share all the stuff that you have different, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the exchange of information, mm-hmm. which is basic. Does the kind of sideways from the music thing though, is that homogenization, um, is it good or bad? <laughs> I, I hate to, I hate to mm-hmm. simplify it like that, but I mean, like in some ways we're, we're speeding up the process of being able to share information. Do you think that makes people even more quick to draw lines or well, let me see. Maybe I, maybe my brain is interpreting it. Um, I feel like we have the attention span, not even of a gnat, and that's, <laughs> that's um, you know, insulting to the gnat, but we have no patience. If my iPhone does not upload something, mm-hmm. you know, I seem to forget about when we used to have to dial up. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, really? It's less than 10 seconds and I'm pissed. You know, I'm like, really? Um, I remember AOL. Okay. And you had to wait for it to, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You know? And I'm like, you know, pump the brakes. Like life is pretty easy. Right. But I just think that it's, I think the homogeny is, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's good or bad. Um, I feel like we've lost our critical thinking skills. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm just going to broad stroke mm-hmm. all of the human race. Um, but we have lost our critical thinking skills because we have no patience mm-hmm. and we want it right now. Mm-hmm. We don't work for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, we know people work for it when you have to pay $1,100 for an iPhone at this point. But but there's something that's been lost, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think being, um, again, going into a record store, going into a bookstore, uh, not having all of that at your fingertips. I mean, f- mm-hmm. for us to have a computer in our pocket at all time, we're mm-hmm. the dumbest we've ever been. I mean, if I could just put it bl- bluntly, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. have you met me? But, you know, we're the dumbest we've ever been. Right. I think we're the most intolerant we've ever been. Mm-hmm. So I guess, all right, you're helping me figure out what I was trying to ask, I think. You know, the technology could still, but could have mm-hmm. actually facilitated more curiosity in some ways. Like the more access you mm-hmm. have, the more questions you can ask. A lot of times it seems to me instead it just made us impatient and instead of wanting to be curious, we just want to make sure real quick that you agree with us and let's move on. Right, Or agree with me, you know, whatever. So now with what you do, and I'll say real quick that you are one of the founders of the Kentucky Initiative. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll let you explain what that is in a minute. 
you are literally in contact with people across the state. Mm-hmm. Um, people who want to be represented, people who want to represent. A lot of times it feels like it's, it's all just sort of state of crisis right now and we just have to make things happen fast. But I know that you also see people talking about the concepts, trying to come to terms with, okay, if we're agreeing with each other, what exactly are we agreeing on? So are you seeing maybe more of the positive side? I'm asking a very leading question. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe you're seeing more of the positive side of that ability to reach people. Um, positive, like what do you mean? So In, in terms of, um, you know, if you're, if you're trying to organize support for a candidate, mm-hmm. or if you're trying to even just figure out who the candidate that you want to support is mm-hmm. going to be, do you see people actually asking questions of each other? Like, if we're going to support whatever this mm-hmm. cause is, do we all agree what this means? Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. There's, there's a couple camps. I mean, mm. you know, we've got our little tribes of folks who um, want to ask questions and stay open. Mm-hmm. And um, and we have other folks who are almost, I don't think the word sycophonic is a word, but who just go along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they go along and whether or not what the person they're supporting or the, you know, the person that they're air quotes supporting mm-hmm may not be who they think they are but you would that you know those groups of folks may not want to admit that said person is not who they think they are but they've mm-hmm. already put all their eggs in that basket so they're not going gotcha. to dial it back they're not going to rescind their support because they're already all in mm-hmm. um, and it becomes more about oh my gosh I'm gonna look stupid on Facebook or what <laughs> I mean whatever that is you right, know right. but um so you have that, and then you have folks who do ask hard questions and mm-hmm. who do really press you and who do like the you know stir the pot or mm-hmm. stir the hornet's nest or whatever. There are just different, I think, different pockets of folks that, mm-hmm. and it's very interesting. I mean, and like I've always said, I haven't even dealt with you know more of a conservative lean yet. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm still dealing with the the more progressive or liberal lean, yeah. and that's difficult enough as it is to navigate. Oh God, yeah. I mean, yeah. if not more so than probably dealing with conservative folks. It's still the thing that keep. I keep hoping for in a lot of ways, and I, and I, I see the pitfalls of it, but, you know, regardless of what side you're on, mm-hmm. um, and I hate to make it just that sort of dual mm-hmm. thing. That's what gets us into trouble. It gets us into trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, early on, though, I mean, I, I put myself on the left, whatever that means, and early on, one of the things I kept saying to people was, you know, we have to be careful about infighting, we have to be careful about making sure that we actually are all agreeing on what we think we're agreeing on. Good luck. Yeah. That's a joke. Yeah. What well, kind of has it been? And, One and it's not funny. But. Well, and, but we're also allowed to dissent. And yeah. then and it goes into that pocket of, it goes into that pocket of folks that absolutely refuse to see. And I say that that's, that's awfully confirmation. That's confirmation for my own, like I'm a truth seer, <laughs> but let's say something that would be real kind of obvious. Um, I don't know. I don't even know an example, but, um, but I think, I think dissent is important. Mm-hmm. I think dissent amongst our own ranks is important mm-hmm. because we, we do start to talk in a vacuum. We do mm-hmm. start to talk and just sound like each other, right. you know, and I understand the infighting is not necessarily positive, but, but there needs to always be dissent. I mean, I find that even just learning about different parts of the state, it's such a diverse state mm-hmm. that um, this is where my milk farm background comes really in handy or my tobacco farm family comes in handy when you know we spent time out you know in a farmhouse with no running water water and and my mother's side of the family very poor you know very Mm -hmm. undereducated 
you know, 13-year-old cousins getting married to 40-year-old farmers, having lots of babies, no, edu- you know, no education. I always say that's where my bourbon and cursing gene came from. But that comes in handy when I'm, you know, meeting folks from different pockets of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I, I never understood when people told me, don't, don't tell folks you're from Louisville. I mean, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Because they can smell you a mile, mile away. Because we just, we have this, this level of condescension. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. this is how we do things in Louisville. We don't know that. Right. But if I go to a small town somewhere, um, I can relate because I grew up in a small town Mm -hmm. and I come from a a very lower income family. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, my mom's side of the family, like farmland, farming folks. But with Louisville, you know, we do have this level of condescension that I have noticed, especially in this JCPS stuff and... Just anyway, again, yeah. that's a whole rabbit hole too, but, but we have 120 other counties mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we have teachers that can't just walk out. Lord, I don't really want to go there, but what am I trying to say? So essentially it's, it's, um, I feel like there should always be a level of dissent, um, instead of just status quo. And maybe that's the punk rocker coming out mm-hmm. of me too, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't necessarily think dissent is in, as infighting. Right. Right. Uh, but things need to be called out mm-hmm. if even though they might not be comfortable. Mm-hmm. But we have a real hard time uh, with that. I yeah. think, on the, again, I hate to say left or right, but we do really have a hard time with that, I think, yeah. on the left. When I was uh, late teens, you know, college and all that kind of stuff, I didn't, I, punk wasn't my given attitude. Uh, mm-hmm. I had an obsession with the whole hippie thing. <laughs> um, but I, I was always friends with people who kind of skewed more over into punk and then showing some of my age, you know, like really grunge and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And it was really interesting because one of the, in my heart of hearts, I always felt like on, being on the hippie side, well, we're, we're really the, the understanding ones and the peaceful ones and all that kind of stuff. One of the most beautiful, though, sort of uh, dissension in the interest of being more broad-minded moments I ever saw was there was kind of a kerfuffle at a show, punk show, and this guy who was, I mean, hardcore in every every aspect of his being, some other guys were given a real square guy a hard time for being at the show mm-hmm. and on the verge of throwing him out, basically. You know, the usual, what are you doing here? This isn't a place for you, mm-hmm. et cetera. And the guy, this one guy stepped up and gave the, I wish I could remember, I'm not going to try, but gave the most beautiful, like very short, profanity-laden speech <laughs> about tolerance and understanding mm-hmm. being a, the end result of what punk was really about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that's, that's beautiful because it embraces dissension, speaking your mind, but in a radical inclusiveness mm-hmm. that says, let people be here first. Because we were outsiders too. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I, you know, I, I was an outsider in my school mm-hmm. because I did not, I did not go along mm-hmm. well. Um, and I guess I still don't, but, um, yeah. But even like, even with the riot girl, riot girl movement, you know, you were looked down upon as a woman to mm-hmm. not be part of the riot girl movement. And I'm like, well, they don't speak for me either. They don't know me. You know, I don't need a group of women telling me what I need to do or what I need to be like, or I'm not punk enough or this mm-hmm. enough or that enough. I mean, it was its own. I wasn't a fan of that either. Right. You know, so, you know. Because it's just one more form of. Of telling people what to do. Yeah. yeah. That homogeny, mm-hmm. you know, because that came with a certain look that came with a certain mm-hmm. outfit, uniform, whatever it was. And I wasn't into that either. Mm-hmm. You know, just like we can all just think for ourselves. Right. I don't need a group of people to tell me, mm-hmm. you know, anyway, the curse. <laughs> God, <laughs> I just assimilate and make life so much easier. 
God. I don't know that it's any easier. <laughs> I guess. It's just it's just difficult in a different way. Isn't there like um, a, the men in black, like the mind eraser? Can't <laughs> mind erase me. Jesus. I keep bopping back and forth between things, but the, the political side of things, it's one of the things I keep trying to say to this one guy who seems to be diametrically opposed to me in every way. He keeps saying, well, you're, you know, you're so strident about, you know, these certain things and you argue so aggressively. And then later you'll seem like you're giving some concession to, you know, being thoughtful and wanting to interact. And I'm like, well, yeah, because that's what we do. I have opinions. I'm not set on them. But I mean, you have to, you take a stand in the moment. Right. And then later if somebody kind of shows you how to evolve from that, you evolve. And if you got them here, it would be a different, you know, or I mean, that's my God, Facebook. (laughs) I mean, I just can't. Yeah. I mean, the level of idiocy that right. you see and just keyboard warrior bullshit. Mm-hmm. It is just, and again, that's not, that's not Trump folks, you know, that's no, it's our, not everybody. again, air quotes, those are our people, mm-hmm. you know, talk about infighting and mean girl bullshit and me, you know, people are just vicious Yeah. to, to make, because their right is more right than your right. Mm-hmm. You're not this enough. You're not that enough. You don't, your litmus, you know, you're not passing my litmus test, even mm-hmm. though I don't even know you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's gross. Yeah. It's, emb- it's not embarrassing because I don't know, you know, I don't know a lot of the folks and I don't engage like that. I just don't engage like that. I can't mm-hmm. do it. Well, because one offhand comment, I mean, somebody you don't know and they say something using words that they may not know what those words mean to you, mm-hmm. you know, rather than taking a moment to just say, that's how I feel. That's how I interpret this. And, you know, mm-hmm. you need to understand that some other people might interpret it this way. It's just boom, pile on, which doesn't excuse the other person because too often then the other person just goes into full foot and mouth, stick up the ass response to that. It gets so bad so fast. And that's where the conversation, there's no, I mean, there's no conversation there. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's, you know, if you were to have someone that you, I don't know, I don't want to be around people that think just like me all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's exhausting. That's why I'm moving out of the Highlands. I mean, no, no offense, Blue Bubble, but I'm over it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm over farmers markets. I'm over uh-huh. Prius driving folks who, hey, hey, you hey. know, look, look. It's a I'm good just little saying. car. Just... <laughs> so, as a side note, when I used to get a, my farmer share, um, the farmer was so funny because he was so pissed one, one day when I went out to get my bushel, half bushel of rhubarb and whatever else was in there that I w- wouldn't probably eat. But anyway, so he, um, he was so mad. I was like, why are you so mad? He's just like, Oh my God, these people. And I'm like, uh Oh, these people that mm-hmm. this must be great. But people were so mad at him because he, th- you know, they didn't have enough broccoli in their, in their <laughs> bushel, you know, and they went out there with their Priuses and their, you know, hemp sewn, mm-hmm. you know, grocery bags and shit. And they're mad at the farmer Let's for talk. two reasons. For two yeah. reasons. One, the broccoli had worms on it. <gasps> That's organic, sweetie. Number two, worms are organic. It's a good, it's good faith that he's not spraying your food. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you're paying for. And it's extra protein. So go ahead and eat it. Um, and number two, you know, climate, weather, mm-hmm. crops. I know when you go into Whole Foods, you can just kind of pick up blueberries whenever you want, yeah. but that's just not how it works. And that kind of stuff, as I go back to, that's why when I go out into the sticks in Kentucky, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like it almost takes, I almost feel, I feel like I take, it takes my edginess away because mm-hmm. I live in such a bubble mm-hmm. that we complain about things that are ridiculous, mm-hmm. you know, and 
it's um, makes it hard to have an edge to you or to understand. And I don't want to lose that. I don't want to mm-hmm. lose what that means. And I think so many folks have lost it because we just live in a world of convenience and we can bitch at our, our farmer because we didn't get, we only got one and a half heads of broccoli, you know, and damn it. <laughs> and it's like, Oh my God, really yeah. get over yourself. But anyway, mm. Nope. I totally get that. The, the whole, I want to, I want local, you know, th- this farmer, I know where he's, you know, where he grows everything and blah, blah. And then not following through. It's like, it's that, it's that accountability and full understanding thing. You know, it's like, I picked that one point, local farmer, great. Mm-hmm. Without understanding that that means it's grown here. Mm-hmm. Where we, and we have, have these climate. seasons and this climate. And yeah, I mean, I grew up, gr- I, gr- I gave up growing vegetables recently because we have such wet springs and, you know, and we just have for us, you know, for us backyard gardeners, I had a really tough time because mm-hmm. the weather is so crazy. So Anyway, I just thought that was, it was just kind of an example, mm-hmm. example or exhibit 17Z <laughs> of why we're so full of ourselves. Right, yeah. And my other favorite is the, um, and, and, I, and I point this out because this, I've, I've done this. I actually had this bumper sticker on my car when I used to have bumper stickers on my car. Um, that was, what was it? It was uh, clean coal is like dirty water or something, some, mm-hmm. some bumper sticker like that uh, on my car. And I remember going out to Pine Mountain for a hike mm-hmm. in the fall. At Bla- or, yeah, Pine Mountain. And the naturalist that was giving us the hike was from the area. Mm-hmm. And wonderful hike. It uh, wasn't the top peak because I think Black Mountain's the highest peak. But anyway, was telling us all the things about, you know, the chestnut being almost extinct mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And so he's, he's from coal country, right? So he starts talking about coal and, and, and he's a naturalist. And so he, he said, you know, none of this would be here. You know, the lodge wouldn't be here. None of this would be here without coal. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not saying he loved the, the flat mountains, mm-hmm. but he's like, but this is what brought people here, mm-hmm. right? So I really felt I had to get off my high horse. Mm-hmm. I just really heard him. I don't know. There was just like this, like you were saying, we were saying earlier about finding the middle, swimming to the middle. Right, right. You know, we can just, we can be in Louisville and, and have our little bumper stickers, but you don't live there. Right. It's just not that simple. And we just, this litmus test shit that we do mm-hmm. is insane. And I was a litmus test person sure. even, even two years ago sure. when it came to women's reproductive health and all that kind of stuff. I was really pretty, pretty militant about it. And mm-hmm. I still am on my own terms, mm-hmm. but um, I've really learned that it's just not that simple. Mm-hmm. And, that we, you know, so bumper sticker came off my car, you know, mm-hmm. and I just really thought, I really need to rethink this, you know, high horse stuff that, that just permeates our brain living in a right. bubble. right. And, um, I remember sitting around and I feel like somebody was, uh, coal came up. I don't know. I mean, we were talking about something and, you know, coal's dirty and coal, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm like, okay, well you have a, you know, you have a kayak on top of your car, petroleum, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, it's a fossil fuel that, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's not made from hemp right? or whatever. It's not made from a sustainable you know, maybe it is, I mm-hmm. doubt it, but you know, I was just like, so we just have to get over ourselves a little bit and I don't know, swim to the, swim towards the middle. Right. I think I like that, the phrase that you said earlier. I think you said that. Oh, did give yourself some credit. Oh, okay. I said, I jumped in the deep end. That's what I said. <laughs> that's what I always do. I jump in the deep end. So let me, let me ask you this. And, and this is more of clarification than anything else. Cause I'm definitely like a, we need to move away from, you know, fossil fuels person mm-hmm. for me the thing that's always been wrong about just being an absolute anti-coal person and that's it, Mm -hmm. just saying no, is you're not thinking through in terms of 
are, we, are you then going to support alternatives? Mm-hmm. Are you actually going to change your lifestyle to support alternatives or move away from those things? Mm-hmm. Are you going to consider the tens of thousands of people's, people whose lives will change in coal-producing areas who mm-hmm. will then need They'll some become form. more poor. They'll be yeah. more poor. Who will need some kind of assistance. Mm-hmm. Who will need jobs, mm-hmm. training, whatever, some kind of support. So is it for you more of a call for just... I mean, you said before people are losing critical thinking skills, just being able to be not only more critical, but also a little more sophisticated in their thinking. Well, sophisticated. And seeing the broad range of what they're actually saying. Well, it it just goes to hearing that naturalist on Pine Mountain talk Mm -hmm. about why coal, you know, you know, that we came to Pine Mountain to stay in that lodge because Mm -hmm. coal built that lodge. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what the answer is. It's a really complicated thing i mean mm. you know you go into harlan and it's this this you know beautiful place that you know beautiful old buildings that coal mm. built you mm. know but you talk to folks that live there and it's just it's depressing mm-hmm. um something needs to change mm-hmm. it, i don't think it's complicated i think it's pretty obvious what <laughs> needs to happen but politicians make it complicated mm-hmm. and special interests make it complicated people who fight for power make it complicated mm-hmm. even people that are from the town not necessarily big you know like the hal rogerses or the mitch mcconnell's but but the people who live there like their little they're a little patch to pee on kind of right, thing. They right. don't want to give up their power. And I think coal still has its grip in that way. But I don't live there, so I can't really speak to that. I mean, just getting at the idea that it's not just enough to say yes or no to something. Right. But you need to have a, you know, like, you need to think it through in terms of the full ramifications yeah. of what you're saying. If yeah. you're saying no to coal, which I'm in favor of Absolutely, saying no to coal. Absolutely, I am too. But if you're going to say no to coal... Okay, so then what? Well, and it's interesting because uh, the woman that built my website for my job that pays me... Um, <laughs> Because I do have one of those. And let's, um, let's say real quick what that is. Lotus 9. Mm-hmm. And um, I do orthopedic massage mm-hmm. and active, is- active isolated stretching and strengthening. Been doing that 14 years. Mm-hmm. Work with people in acute and chronic pain. It's fun. <laughs> it pays me. <laughs> I'm glad it's still fun. <laughs> it is. It is. I'm, I'm, uh, it's a uh, home away from home for me. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to going to work every day, which is good. I'm a lucky few. So you were saying that that's the thing that that's the thing that pays you, and this is the woman who does your website. Oh yeah, so the woman that does my we- that did my website, you know, chose Green Geeks, mm-hmm. and it is a, a web service or a a server service mm-hmm. that uses renewable energy. Because guess what? Every time you click on your phone, every time you click on a link, your car it's carbon, it's a footprint. Mm-hmm. And how many times do we each do that? Every single time. Number one. Number two. Where do our phones go? Mm-hmm. So if we're going to have a coal sticker on the back of our car and we're going to be like coal sucks, but I have an iPhone and an iPad and and a computer that I upgrade Mm -hmm. every three years, where does it go? Mm -hmm. Where do the parts go? Right. And let's think about that further. So all of our, you know, who's building that stuff? You know, kids that don't get paid very Mm -hmm. well, that are in horrendous situations. So, I mean, if we want to go there, we can go there. Mm -hmm. So if we want to say coal is bad, yeah, coal is bad, but so are iPhones, iPads. Right. All the things that make our lives very pleasant. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, where that condescension comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's not the right word, but that... Well, um, I think there's definitely a level of that, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And disconnect. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we're going to tell you how to live your lives, mm-hmm. you people in coal country. Mm-hmm. We're going to train you to do other things because we are the know-it-alls right. in right. the city. We don't want you to have, you know, dirty coal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I think um, that needs to be a little, a different approach. Mm-hmm. We need to have our own... We need to connect with that a little bit with our own daily lives. And if you're going to, and this is one of the, the points of contention I get into with people sometimes, if the phrase greater good mm-hmm. comes up, and I mean, I use it, other people use it, it's good to step back every once in a while and go, okay, but who's greater good? Right. Like, who's defining it? 
And if you're defining it for yourself, then really and truly, can you explain it to somebody else? Can you explain how it includes them? And then can you say to somebody who feels like they'll be disenfranchised by your greater good, why that's okay, because something better is going to happen. And I admit, I, I wrestle with this all the time. Mm-hmm. Got into it with somebody about, um, about gender equality issues. Mm-hmm. I'd started, you know, with just rehashing for the millionth time marriage equality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this guy is pretty right-wing, um, uh, evangelical Christian, mm-hmm. uh, white guy. You know, oh, you don't have to describe it. I can probably know. Although, There's I'm probably saying, khakis I'm involved like, and some pleats. Actually, no, 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 no. no. He's a small town. He's a smaller town version of that. Okay. But um, he basically was saying, "Okay, you want to be able to have, you know, Washington tell me that I have to accept something that's against against my beliefs." Then don't marry a man. <laughs> that would well, be my and, suggestion. And my whole thing was, you know, yes, I'm saying that's for the greater good because my greater good hopefully tries to include everybody, including you. I mm-hmm. will stand up for you mm-hmm. as long as you're not trying to fuck anybody else up. Right. And you, and you you see, yeah, and you see that with corporations. Mm-hmm. So the greater good, the, corp, the corporate folks, the greater good is, well, we don't want to raise minimum wage. Mm-hmm. We don't want to provide health care. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have a prevail, you know, we want to you know, take away prevailing wage mm-hmm. for, for, for workers. The greater good is that our bottom line is bigger, but mm-hmm. we're not going to turn that over to the folks that have earned that for our company mm-hmm. or our corporation. We're going to keep it all for ourselves mm-hmm. and give ourselves, you know, 300% raises, 3,000% raises. While folks don't even have a living wage, you know, and they're doing backbreaking work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the greater good. But if you if if you were to hear that out of a corporate mouth, that's mm-hmm. the greater good. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're creating jobs, but you're creating jobs where folks have to have public assistance because the the job doesn't pay them a living wage. Mm-hmm. So the guy that you're talking about is paying out of his tax dollar, tax dollars, you know, to help someone who needs public assistance, you know, federal assistance or local assistance because they're working for a, co- a corporation that doesn't pay them a living wage. Mm-hmm. So that greater good is not necessarily a greater good, mm-hmm. but it is for the folks that can pocket the money and run. Right. So it, it is very relative, I guess, to... We draw our bubbles as tightly as we can usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciate what you're saying, though, in terms of um, how I interpret it anyway, is be as open minded as you possibly can. Take a stand about something, though. Mm-hmm. Try to try to push things towards things getting better, but just don't assume that you have all the right answers, mm-hmm. which it's is not. Ha- it's hard to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it's impossible in some ways. Because my right's more right than your right. Because <laughs> right. I'm the rightest. I mean, do you ever find in the organizing aspect and, and maybe now we'll take a minute to to sort of say what Kentucky Initiative is, and that was a direct result of? Insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, first Bevan, and then Trump, and it has altered my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and I know that that altered my life in a way that I really realized how much on the sidelines I've been, that really what I've been doing is just not enough, you know, of it's just not enough. Right. You just kind of sit and watch things happen, and you're just like, that sucks. Yeah. That's bullshit. Okay, well, anyway, I got to go to work, you know, like, oh, okay, got to go to the grocery. <laughs> Boy, that really sucks. I'm really upset about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, got to go meet a friend for coffee, right? right? So uh, I'm guilty of that. You know, I voted. I vote every time. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I voted my first primary recently, you know, a couple of years ago, 2016. Is that when that presidential primary was? I think so. Uh, it's all a blur. <laughs> Pretend to forget about it. Um, prefer to forget about it. But um yeah, I mean, that, that was my civic duty. I did it. Mm-hmm. And then I complained a lot. And I think that's just the general thing. Right. 
we vote or don't vote. Or Thanks, don't people vote. with that Bevin. Thanks for not voting. Louisville um, and the rest of the state. And then we complain a lot. So the Kentucky Initiative came out of that frustration. And in short, it's sort of in a... I think initially it was a little more broad in mm-hmm. its de- definition, right? Mm-hmm. But am I right in saying, well, I mean, you start off with, oh my God, we have to do something. And then you get down to, okay, let's do this. Yeah. So right now your real focus is in trying to run opponents to the usual at the Kentucky State House level. Mm-hmm. Yes. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it started off as I really wanted it to mirror what's called the brand new Congress. Mm-hmm. And I'm not done with that idea. I mm-hmm. might come back to that idea uh, because we do have bad Dems in office that need to not be in office. Yes. And, and quickly, brand new Congress. Brand new Congress rolled out. And I don't want to say it ro- rolled. I don't want the proverbial eye rolls. Uh, it didn't necessarily roll out of the Bernie mm-hmm. campaign, but it did roll out of that whole movement mm-hmm. of uh, burn it down and build it back up mm-hmm. um, kind of idea, which is what I prefer. That's kind of like... If I had an MO, I would burn it down and build it back up. But brand new Congress is obviously focused on replacing every congressperson, Dem or Republican. Mm-hmm. They got to go. We need fresh voices, fresh, right. you know, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, so not just for people's clarity, when you say burn it down, it's not full on anarchism. It's simply the structures we have could work better, could work better for us. So let's get the people who are inhabiting those structures out yes. and put some new people in and see if it works better. And that includes the Democrats. Correct. You know, Mm -hmm. and that's not a popular opinion Mm -mm. to Democrats because Mm -mm. it is this precious piece of gold. And how dare you? I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been kicked under a table. Like, Amy, don't say that. I'm like, what do you mean? Don't have you again? Have you not met me? I dissent for fun, not even for fun, for survival, for the rest of us. Right. It's just what I do. Mm -hmm. And if if anything, the Democrats are some of the worst Mm -hmm. just because they're asleep at the job. Right. They're asleep at the wheel. Mm -hmm. We did not lose the house in 2016. 2016, God. Yeah, 2016. Just like, where, are, where am I? I don't even know. My life's been a blur. Um, <laughs> we did not lose the house in 2016 in 2016. Mm-hmm. That, has, that has been a slow bleed. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're complacent. They mm-hmm. don't care. They're, not, they're, they, they're sl- sleeping at the wheel. They like their little piece of power, mm-hmm. just like they want to blame the right. I mean, it's wh- while these establishment politicians, and that's the left and the right, mm-hmm are pointing fingers at each other, they all have to go. Right. Because they're as much of a problem as the right. The right, I mean, for different reasons, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, but we have Democrats that vote against women's reproductive health, you know, but, you know, this guy wants to probably run for governor, but we're going to love him. It's just like, okay, mm-hmm. um, you know, that kind of stuff. It's, sure. it's uh, so brand new Congress, what they do is, you know, they're, you know, we'll see how it goes this next election, but they, you know, they recruited folks to, and then supported them to run for for Congress. Mm-hmm. And I really want to do that maybe the next cycle. Sure. Um, start picking off some Democrats. Mm-hmm. Oh, did I just say that? <laughs> we can cut that. <laughs> cut that out. Um, I've actually said that on a mic at a, an event, too, <laughs> as I was walking off stage. So Good on you. Um, so, but the Kentucky Initiative for now is focused more narrowly on mostly Democratic Party yes. opposition yeah. to Republican yes, incumbents. Yes, correct. Because because of the red supermajority, right. we see what's happening. I right. mean, the state takeover with JCPS. And you can't love the one you're with. Or no, it goes the other way, doesn't it? If you can't be with the one you love, yeah. love the one you're with. Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That. that, that. The, 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 the party structure is in place for you to utilize it right now to try to make things better. Yeah, we need more purple. Uh, the, the red supermajority is just... There are so many folks that are vulnerable that are being, that are more vulnerable, you know, and it's not acceptable 
Uh, mm. It's not a time for party, party politics mm. because people's lives are on the line. This mm. is not a joke. This is not a game. I mean, you know, I've been I've been spanked a few times, not literally, by some politicians when I say when we have co-events or whatever that it's a game. You know, I've been I've been corrected that they say that. Well, of course it's not a game. It's like oh, but you know, kind of is for you all because um, you're always looking to the next election, mm-hmm. and that's okay. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I mean, it is what it is. But we want to we we are we are a very grassroots, mm-hmm. rough around the edges, learning as we go, political action group. Mm-hmm. Or as they say in Kentucky, it's a permanent action committee, <laughs> whatever that is. Um, but we're that. People always want to talk about dark money and the Koch brothers and all that kind of stuff. And so this is just kind of happening in real time. Like, how does a PAC work? Well, we're living it. Right. right. You know, how, how do you not take big money? And again, that's where Facebook gets really annoying to me because people have this idea about what PACs can and can't do, what politicians can and can't do. But, mm. you know, being on the other side of that curtain you know, raising money for a pack. I mean, you do have to be somebody. You do mm-hmm. have to have those DC connections. You do have to have the glossy kind of shiny suit. I mean, mm-hmm. to, for people to let go of the money. And I love our $20 donations. And I love, love, love sending out our t-shirts and, mm-hmm. and sweatshirts to people. It just gives me so much joy mm-hmm. to go to the post office and send out a sweatshirt to someone in Eastern Kentucky. It right. is the coolest thing that they've given me $40 of their money. And it, it it's so meaningful to me. And we are doing good work with that money. But, you know, we don't get those big checks. I mean, we can't, the, the pack can only take two grand um, per person, but um, we are definitely grassroots. Mm-hmm. And being, like I said, being on the other side of that curtain and, and seeing the kind of money that gets tossed around is just nuts. Right. It's just nuts. And that's the left and the right. We can't just blame the Koch brothers. You know, we have the people on the left that do it too. Oh, God, yeah. You know? That's one of the most interesting things to me that's come out of not only what's happened in, in the state, but also at the national level. If you're kind of on the left and you're criticizing the right, let's mm-hmm. say Trump, and somebody comes back and says, oh, would you have rather had Hillary up there? I'm like, it's not the point of whether we would rather have Hillary. It's we definitely do not want somebody like Trump in the office. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make the left, in this case, the Democratic Party at the national level, you know, absolved of all sins. Right. Because like you say, they're as guilty of so many of the, you know, kowtowing to big money and all the other pressures, the whole neoliberal criticism and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are they are the lesser of two evils, but evil is still the word there. And so we dissent. Yeah. So and we, we continue to dissent and demand change. Mm-hmm. And people want a third party. It's not going to work with three parties. We need four parties. I mean, if we're going to do it, <laughs> let's just do it. But I mean, we just we work with what we've got mm-hmm. and right now. I mean, I changed, you know, as you know, said it a million times from an independent to Democrat, I may go back to being an independent. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, I feel like I make some folks uncomfortable because I'm not married to the party. I'm not loyal to the Mm -hmm. Democratic Party. I am not. I'm more blue than the Democratic Party allows. Mm -hmm. But it makes it hard. Sure. Because they have their own rules, right? They have their own secret little clubs. They have their own little country club bullshit. Mm -hmm. They have their members only bullshit. Um, you know, I'm not going to name names in this, this little conversation that we're having, but you know, we have beloved politicians, uh, you know, that are in Louisville mm-hmm. that you're not feminist enough if you don't, uh, assimilate to their, you know, demands and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. And you're just like, I'm just not, I'm not married to that. I, right. I, I refuse. Insistence and on that kind of narrow definition and falling in line. With falling in line. Yeah. I won't do it. Mm-hmm. It's just not in my blood mm-hmm. to do it. Um, and I call it out. Mm-hmm. I think it's bullshit. And that's what's been interesting about the Kentucky Initiative is dealing more with the left. Uh, you know, I'm able to run oppositional stuff for folks on the, you know, uh, 
you know, to people on the right and expose all their shit and get people to run and, and, you know, or support and not get them. I don't get them to do anything. They're adults. But, um, (laughs) I mean, sometimes I think that'd be easier, but, um, you know, they're not robots, but, you know, supporting and encouraging people to, to step up. I mean, in places that no one's run mm-hmm. in a really long time. Um, I applaud them for taking it on. It you know, takes over your life. But so I can run oppositional stuff and, and do all my oppositional research and deal with that almost quietly. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can, I can run ads and, and run oppositional work quietly and not even really deal with the Adam Koenigs or mm-hmm. deal with, you know, whoever hmm. the Kevin Bratchers, like I don't ever have to deal with them, but I have to deal with the people on the left. I don't have to, I do. <laughs> I have to play nice, I guess sometimes, but it's exhausting. It's yeah. it real, it's disappointing. A lot of the times there are pockets that are hopeful. Hmm. There are pockets of us that are dissenting and that are not going to just sit back and do it, do what you tell us to do. Right. And, um, I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes with folks who don't want to get involved, you know, because mm. it's, it's, it is, it's like, you got to just, you got to merge quickly and just keep going. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's been an interesting ride. Got so many directions. <laughs> well, <laughs> to go uh, from there. well, let me say, so the brand new Congress thing. So, mm. you know, that's, that's how this all started. And I was just absolutely married to that idea. And I thought mm. it was a great idea. And then I was like, oh yeah, that's going to take a lot of money and a lot of time. And, oh, okay. Well, that doesn't pay the bills. So again, 2020, I'm very interested in taking after this, after November, the next election cycle, I'm Mm -hmm. really going to do my research and I really want to maybe start doing that, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and maybe not just, not just Democrats, but Republicans, because again, all Republicans aren't insane. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. They real, I refuse to believe that Mm -hmm. I refuse. I mean, I have clients that I work with. They're not insane. They might be, they're fiscally, I mean, we always hear that, but they do exist. Oh Yeah. They're not like, you know, they're not like Sasquatch. I mean, I, I, at this point, maybe they are, you know, they're just like a rare thing you might see in the woods, but the folks that are fiscally conservative, but they're not socially conservative. Mm-hmm. They don't care, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, and I don't want to say they don't care, but they, they are thoughtful about, you know, social concerns, mm-hmm. but they just want, you know, more fiscal conservatism and those people exist. Who represents them? Right. So that brand new Congress idea, I would really love to see us pick off super conservative Republicans in areas that aren't super conservative, but Mm -hmm. that's just all they've had or the Tea Mm -hmm. Party bullshit that's come through that it's on its way out, as well as Democrats, because I already have a list of those folks. Oh, yeah. I've always been on the fence about term limits Mm -hmm. uh, for a whole host of reasons. But I think at heart, I'll admit this, I think part of the reason I'm against term limits is if there's somebody in there that I like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't... don't. One who does good work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But... I almost feel like sometimes there ought to be a system and I, I cannot remember right now. My, my professors would be just mortally embarrassed, but you know, the Greeks or Romans, whoever it was, where there was sort of a rotation of people who had to represent. And if you were considered, if you were a citizen at some point, you had to go through and represent. I almost wish it was like that. Just please step up. And then when it's your time, step down, mm-hmm. let somebody step up. Like they do for boards. Yeah. Yeah. Just they rotate you in, moving. rotate you out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, trying to get that active participation at the most basic level, but not letting anybody get so entrenched. Not only that they might become corrupt just because it's what happens to any of us if we stay stuck long enough, but also you become a target for for coercion. Yeah, or you just go. You're just asleep at the wheel. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of just you're just like, yeah, I've done this for twenty years. Mm -hmm. I just like coming to Frankfurt. 
cafeteria is good, you know, like whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what these folks do, but you have folks that are still really passionate about it. But, but even again, you yeah. know, there's a story recently where I, I um, went into the office of a, of a, someone that I really admire to have a very pointed conversation. It was me dissenting, mm-hmm. but respectfully uh, to bring some things to light that I thought needed to be mm-hmm. addressed and not in an email, not on a phone call, not in a text that I needed to be in this person's office in their office in Frankfurt, eye to eye, mm-hmm. you know, face to face and to have a conversation. And it was a really fascinating moment to understand what was happening in front of me, that this person that I really admired and I still admire, mm-hmm. I still admire them very much, but just how the politics and the power have permeated mm-hmm. the folds in the brain so that person doesn't see past it. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like the sponge has soaked up all the alcohol and it's just, it's all in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying what I was saying to this person was right or wrong, but it was just more of brings an issue to, to light, you know, just a conversation. And I could just, mm-hmm. it was, it was really moving to me to watch their body language totally change in a way that they mm-hmm. had not done to me before, stiffen up and, you know, kind of rush me out of their office. Like mm-hmm. they, you know, it was a really fascinating moment where I, you know, because I was the golden child because I was, I came out, you know, um, I just came out, you know, mm-hmm. a year and a half ago. I mean, I just, you know, guns blazing, I guess. Right. Um, that this person was a big fan. But mm-hmm. now that I have kind of called some things out that I think, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I just was like, I'm dissenting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, th- that it was really interesting. It was just like, oh, because I don't think like you or support, you know, or just fall in line. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been now crossed off the list. Mm-hmm. And, and that has to do, this person's been in office quite a, quite a long time. And that I think it has a lot to do with power. Sure. And not, not prestige. I mean, it's not prestige. Not that it's not prestigious, but um, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's just like, a, don't you know who I am kind right. of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's interesting. I saw aspects of that growing up. My, um, some of both my folks came from farm families, mm-hmm. you know, and I always make the joke that my dad would make about, you know, he came from a, a South Mississippi family that was so poor that they didn't even notice the depression. But after World War II, he came back, worked his way up eventually, you know, had his own business, did well. Mm-hmm. got involved in the community, all the stuff that, you know, you were expected to do, especially back then and should be today. But so often when I became a teenager and I got to where I wanted to question things and I paid more attention to things, I would ask him, you know, why this, why that about the town that we were in? Mm-hmm. And this was a company town. It was a uh, paper mill at that time, mm. but it had been founded on a lumber mill. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much controlled everything. Mm-hmm. That's familiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would hear some variation always of that's the way things work here. And my, and my father, you know, was a, was a good man, a principled man, mm-hmm. always tried to push things toward things that I think of as, you know, more right. The greater good. The greater good. Mm-hmm. Um, and would stand up, you know, on principle. But most of the time, he was all too keenly aware of the machinery. Mm-hmm. And... Also, you know, for the sake of his family, he was all too w- aware of how making too much noise would affect the business, which would affect the family, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. That's um, still true today. And still true mm-hmm. for so many people. Especially in poor na- the poorer pockets of the world. Yeah. I mean, of Kentucky, I should say. But it seems like it's too, you can, you can take even that, which is a, a traditionally kind of conservative approach in many ways of defining conservative. You trying not to hurt too many people who aren't hurt yet. Mm-hmm. 
But then there comes that time, especially for a politician, community leader, or whatever, where you have to go, okay, but what about the people who are hurting? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do for them? Right. Um, and I think that's one of the most important things that, one of the most important jobs of dissension right there is to go, yeah, but what about whatever? Right. And also to point out hypocrisy when, when that's a part of the game and mm-hmm. all that. There are, <laughs> there are, um, there are conser- some conservatives that I would love to introduce you to. Um, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> because, and I was so pleased, um, I'll just say a friend of mine who comes from a very traditionally Republican family in Kentucky, mm-hmm. lots of um, public service, that sort of thing, and they are devastated with what's happened I on bet. the right. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, he especially is starting to talk about third-party stuff. Well, that's what I'm saying. Who represents so, the sane folks? Mm-hmm. Who, I mean, you know, there's, there are sane conservative folks. They do exist. Yeah. I, have, I know folks who are Republicans, they love Jesus, and they're pro uh, women's rights. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, women's reproductive rights. Right. You can be conservative and still, to some degree, be live and let live. Absolutely, yeah. and many of them did not vote for Trump. You know, um, didn't even vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that they exist. You know, who represents those folks? Mm-hmm. I feel like they're. You know, that is an untapped conversation, or ex, you know, find them a find them a, a party yeah mm-hmm. i mean they can start their party and then we can start you know the, the word progressive has been co-opted so don't even get me started but we can actually start a progressive fourth party so we'll have our four parties there you go and then we can hash it out done and see i'm glad we solved this and thanks <laughs> thanks paul <laughs> i haven't told you i started a super pack what mm-hmm. i started a super pack i started a 527 mm-hmm. because i guess kentucky initiative wasn't making me busy enough <laughs> so, so how, how is this distinct from the initiative it is a 527. It's what's called an unauthorized campaign committee. And it's, it's I'm going to say it's Kentucky Initiative's sister pack, but really she is the, she can take unlimited money, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm never going to take anonymous money. And I'm not going to just take money from anybody who wants to give it to us. So the 527 is called uh, the Kentucky People's Pack. Mm-hmm. And it's a pro-labor mm-hmm. progressive pack. And mm-hmm. so we are supporting labor candidates and really uh, securing our money from labor. So it's not, it's, right. so the Kentucky Initiative is still grassroots. Get your sweatshirt. That money's going to go to whatever district. I mean, we don't ear, we don't earmark. KREF, we don't earmark. Um, <laughs> hear me, KREF, we don't earmark. We actually do follow your laws. Um, but yeah, so, and that's interesting, you know, because mm-hmm. that's a whole different type of filing. We have to file every mm-hmm. 30 days. And, um, but essentially an unauthorized campaign committee um, is again different than a regular pack that we can accept unlimited money and it's in support of or in opposition to so it's 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 a little different than what a pack it's like we have a little bit more wiggle room to kind of really go at it and um, you know I'm not necessarily for smear campaigns that's not my thing but um, I do like to kind of expose some truths or non-truths it's it's not a smear if it's Mm-hmm. straight up mm-hmm. <laughs> and just oppositional I mean I just have to right, pull right. you know interviews from Phil Moffat on I mean he's not a target of ours right. in the super PAC but um, but really ele- but we really just want to elevate pro-labor candidates and mm-hmm. and um, yeah so I, uh, that's been a fun mm-hmm. that's getting off the ground and um, that's fantastic yeah yeah so and what a historically what a great state to do that in mm-hmm. yeah and 
I've been asked multiple times. So there's a there's an organization that's a national organization, and each I think most states have um, this organization that um, trains women to run for office. Mm-hmm. And I've been asked multiple times when I'm, if I'm ever going to do that, and I said I absolutely do not want to be a politician. No, absolutely not. You do not want me behind a mic, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't talk with my thumb, so I'm not going to do that. Um, and what I say is that we need more women in the back. And when I say that to women who are you know in this campaign school or whatever they're like no we need more women you know and yeah we need more women in frankfurt absolutely but we need more women in the trenches because it's all male dominated too Mm. you know front and back is what you need i mean yeah i mean i don't want to be on stage i don't want to have to wear a suit Mm -hmm. i'm not that girl (laughs) Uh, but i will sit and um, strategize and organize and raise money Mm -hmm. and get messaging out and oppositional messaging mm-hmm. and um we need more women to do that too it's very much lacking on that end too so yeah. um anyway i just wanted to no that's great yeah because uh, it's it's very male dominated so i mean how many <laughs> meetings have i been in that i've just been you know just a bunch of white dudes it's just like okay mm-hmm. you know when you just when you said that i was just thinking i since i've lived here my wife has been here more or less since 91 and she always would make jokes about the 12 white guys who ran Louisville. And then when I moved here, I was like, uh, if 12. Um, <laughs> but what's interesting in terms of, you know, women in the foreground, women in the background, you know, there was always on the sort of power mongering side of things, kind of the women's auxiliary, mm-hmm. i.e. that version of the ladies who lunch, mm-hmm. who would, you know, get together and, and move other things around. Right. The men would be in the in the front dominating things mm-hmm. and the women would be coercing where they need to coerce. It's sort of the negative version of that. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, it was a way of showing that you, you, those guys, no matter what they said or what kind of policies they advanced or whatever, if they were somehow anti-woman in what they were putting forward, their own lives were showing the lie of that. Right. You know, right off the bat. Um, so yeah, I, I like that, that idea though, because not everybody needs to be out front. God forbid. I mean, part of the reason I'm not more, you know, politically active in certain ways, besides the fact that, you know, my own kind of uh, introversion just checks me out Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Mine does too, but let me tell you, I need a nap. You're an inspiration in that sense though. Um, But like you also don't... a sucker. (laughs) But you also don't want me behind the mic for very long. Oh, I'm telling you. Some combination of incoherence and outrage would just... And F-bombs. Well, not you, maybe. Not maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe. It happens. Okay. <laughs> my instincts, you know, are all constantly at war with my mom trying to raise me to be a good boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so back to that though, and and your other super pack. Um, and what's it called again? The Kentucky People's Pack. Kentucky People's Pack. Kentucky yeah. People's Pack. Yeah, and it has the fist for power <laughs> as its logo. It sure does. And um, so Jen you're Walter. one of them. They're radicals. Mm-hmm. I'm a dissenter. I dissent. Um, but Jen Walters Petrie uh, did both of our logos. Mm-hmm. So it's actually, I had, um, we had a, we had an email, the Kentucky Initiative, that was very unhappy with our logo because it was very masculine and that I need to be more tolerant and understanding of, mm-hmm. you know, whatever else it said. Mm-hmm. And I was going to respond, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. But I thought, I think that's what's so interesting about the brain and about, mm-hmm. like you were saying, like this translates to my brain as kind of thing. I don't look at that logo, that flexed muscle, as a man's arm. Oh, you're talking about the initiative. Yeah, the initiative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't it's an look, arm. I don't look at it like a man's arm, but the, the woman's email was 
like you, you need to embrace all people, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's really, I never, it never occurred to me right. that folks would just be like, that's a man's arm. I'm like, and that's it's interesting just, that that's how she read it. Correct. So, I, you know, I just thought that was a really interesting enough for her to sit down and send me an right. email. It's what I've, what I've been fascinating with that. And if anybody is actually listening to this, <laughs> go find the logo for Kentucky Initiative. It's a flexed arm with the shading of Kentucky and the bicep. Mm-hmm. Um, and the tagline is find your strength. Yeah. And until this moment, I'd never thought of it as anything really. Genderless. Well, genderless, but also like in some ways a great graphic uh, echo of the, um, Rosie the, the World Riveter. War II Rosie the Riveter thing. Mm-hmm. Which we had Rosie on our next, you know, when we have the, and can I just say I birthed a really cute little hashtag that I see all around Facebook now. It's mm. called get her to Frankfurt, get mm-hmm. her to Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. And, um, I see that now even on folks that I don't even know. And I thought, look at that and stuff. It's little stuff like that, that I just <laughs> think is the cutest thing. I just think it's pretty cool. Anyway, I'm proud of that one. You should be. Mm-hmm. Not, not that many of us get to birth a meme. <laughs> yeah. And get her to Frankfurt. I'm at, you know, I'm getting to Frankfurt all the time. So I'm living that, I'm living that <laughs> hashtag on a regular, but um, I'm like, I'm yeah. in Frankfurt people. Y'all need to start paying me. But um, I know what I wanted to say. You, we were talking about the rotating in and rotating out like, mm-hmm. you know, board, board members. Uh, my friend Nima, who I work, mm-hmm. who I've met through this work, mm-hmm. all these people, all these women, I mean, men and women, but some of the women that I have in my life right now, I just... If anything ever, you know, ha- you know, if the work t- stops tomorrow, mm-hmm. I've just made the most amazing connections. And it's it really has changed my life epically. I mean, it really, mm-hmm. the face of my life is completely different than it was two years ago or a year and a half ago. I mean, completely mm-hmm. different. Uh, I'm, in the, I'm the same person, but it's almost like that dissenting voice has been just turned all the way in it. I don't dissent all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. Uh, but the stronger aspects of who you are and dissent is a part of who you are. Right. And just pushing the envelope and, mm-hmm. and pushing it, just keep pushing it, um, has really been just turned up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think I could probably turn it back down at this mm-hmm. point. But um, so for that work, I'm grateful. And for the for the people I've met, oh my gosh, it has just it's really been life altering in the best way possible. But anyway, so Nima, we all know Nima. She made a really good point. I, th- I think they consider a state rep a part-time position, mm-hmm. and they don't get paid a whole lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really, unless you're a lawyer or an insurance salesperson or a real estate person, you know, some, some you know something that you can kind of bill while, you know, you can do billable hours right. or you can work right. on the weekends or you can work when you're not in session and, you know, whatever. It makes it really hard for folks, everyday working people who really need to be there to be there mm-hmm. and you know I think that's by design I try not to put on my tinfoil hat I don't know if necessarily people got in a room and thought thought that out maybe they did but I mean working people can't do it mm-hmm. and that needs to change it needs to be and she just you know when she said that to me I was like oh my god you're so yeah. right and it needs to be a full-time position and civic duty like voting mm-hmm. that you get paid a, you know well mm-hmm. and you don't lose your job and you have to do it. Or if you want to do it, you can do it. Right, right. Because I think that those are the voices that are missing. I think that's why this pro-labor pack mm-hmm. is important to me because we've got to get those people in office to fight for the, the working people because mm-hmm. even our some of our Democratic friends talk the talk but don't walk the walk. They'll take right. the money. They'll, they'll have photo ops. They'll show up at the union halls. They'll do what they have to do. But at the end, you know, they might make some right votes. But, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes they're just not as loyal maybe what 
you think they are. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I think that's what moving forward, I'd love to see that, Mm -hmm. that, um, people can actually everyday people, and that's kind of the Kentucky initiatives. That's not kind of, it is kind of our, our, our motto. We want everyday people in office. Um, but it's tough. Campaigning's not easy and raising money. You know, it's, it's all a full-time job. Mm -hmm. This is one of those kind of circling back to what we were talking about with technology and sort of the downfalls of technology. You know, this is one of those things where I'm a huge believer that nothing in government, nothing in the law is so sacrosanct that it can't evolve with the times, no matter what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, But here's one that's kind of straightforward in the sense that, you know, we have the Internet now. Why does everybody have to go to Frankfurt? Right. And in some ways, you know, I can see your point about maybe it was done on purpose and maybe it was done on purpose, Mm -hmm. Um, both to disenfranchise and also if everybody comes to one spot, the people who have the power, the leverage, whatever, can get you in the room mm-hmm. and can strongly lobby you. you and yeah, yeah mm-hmm. one way or the other. You know, this is a curious case where central government could be decentralized to its better. You know, but if you're in Eastern Kentucky, you don't have broadband service. <laughs> you know, and, see, and there's that unrolling. Of things. And then there's that, right? I mean, you know, it's like you know, but then you don't have any internet service. Yeah. You know, or you can't can't get online training like even to your point with Mm -hmm. uh getting rid of coal and if you want to do online training you have to have broadband service to do that where's the infrastructure where are the resources and are we willing to reallocate and 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 infrastructure meaning yeah uh, fiber optics Mm -hmm. at this point you Mm -hmm. know instead of highways but uh, a different kind of highway yeah it's Mm -hmm. a Yes. Look at that. Thank you. Look you, at you, that. Ah, that was nicely done. <laughs> hey. Where is our modern Coin it. power? Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I, re- I realize that we're getting toward time. And okay. there's so much more stuff that I would, I would love to jump on you. Especially, I, I have been trying to uh, get as personal as I can without getting too personal mm-hmm. with people. But I inadvertently sort of skipped about uh, 20 years of your life. <laughs> <laughs> so we got you to here. You went mm-hmm. to UofL. What did you study, by the way? Which time before I got kicked out? Oh, did you really? Oh, man. Oh, that is so great. I told you I grew up in a footloose town. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, very conservative folks. Mm-hmm. Curfew. My mm-hmm. brother didn't have a curfew. I mean, I'm still bitter about that. But yeah, so I'm, I'm the baby. I'm the girl. Um, I wasn't allowed to be in a car. You know, I mean, just the footloose. Wow. The footloose kind of stuff. Uh, I thought I had it bad. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> God, uh, <laughs> that's why I moved out in the middle of the night. But um, so I went off, to, you know, I moved out. And after um, I'd already enrolled that semester, but, you know, when I moved out, so it was already kind of rolling mm. with the money. They already paid for the first semester. I think I finished my first semester. Uh, and then I went to the second. I don't know. I got kicked out of UofL twice, which is so awesome. <laughs> it's really, really like to get kicked out of UofLs and just <laughs> hilarious. Not once, but twice. Um, I just didn't give a shit, Mm -hmm. you know, I just, I'd had enough of being told what to do. I mean, my God, like, I don't want to be here on the boss of me. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) they stopped being the boss of me and they kicked me to the curb twice. Um, so I just kind of took classes here and there. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved, uh, lived in Richmond, Virginia for a little bit and took Mm -hmm. classes at uh, Virginia Commonwealth Mm -hmm. and, you know, I took classes here or there, you know, I didn't finish my degree until I was, um, 30. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, I was, I was wild child till I was 30 mm-hmm. ish. 
Um, but yeah, so I didn't, I was not a traditional student. I think there should be more of that. Mm, yeah, yeah, you know, and to, so as a side note to so my niece, who's so sweet and so, so good, she is, we had a coffee a couple weeks ago and she got accepted to, to Mass General in Boston for an occupational therapy mm-hmm. degree, uh, graduate degree. Um, she went to Bellarmine and she's, you know, whenever she wants the, the real talk, she comes to me as opposed to the, there are unicorns and rainbows and <laughs> talk from her folks. Uh, God love them. But um, she wants the Debbie Downer talk. She, she knows where to come. So mm. she was like, I really need to talk to you. So her uh, tuition for a two and a half year program is $160,000. And she is terrified. But I told her, I said, I'm proud of you for taking pause because that's, you will be, and I said, you realize that you'll be paying that for the rest of your life, Mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So you better love being an occupational therapist at 21 because, you know, nobody knows, I'm not going to, I don't want to broad stroke. I'm sure people really know they want to be a pilot at whatever, but let's just say most of us at 21. No, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, yeah, if if I was in some sort of something where it was one hundred and sixty thousand dollars at twenty one, mm. oh my god, I don't know what I was doing at twenty one, but it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't good. I'll go ahead and tell you that right now, it wasn't academic. Yeah, <laughs> I moved here in two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Where where were you? Where, where was your life at that point? You had, had just come back at that yeah, point. Yeah, I had right? just moved back from to Louisville. Okay, mm-hmm. so I was twenty six. Because I want to say because you you worked at Amazing Grace, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I think that's I got some I, hippie. I, I got a little hippie jeans in there too. I always like that blend. Of the yeah, well, hoodoo hippie, voodoo. You know, yeah. And I think that's where I first saw you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's when I when I kind of met you. And you ha- you hadn't gotten into bod- the whole body work thing yet at that Mm-mm. point. Um, I, I'm always curious as a body worker, what what sparked that for you? What pain? Okay, your own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you went to somebody. Uh, yeah, uh, I had my first really serious car accident in Virginia. Um, and then, um, I was T-boned. Mm. Uh, I was going down, I try to, uh, it's kind of like going down Frankfurt Avenue. You know, you're not maybe going 35, 40, 45, maybe tops. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> and it's like someone coming off one of those side streets going 70 yeah. and he nailed me really good. Um, and I went into a telephone pole that I don't, I blacked out and mm-hmm. I almost went into, um, they had to cut me out of the car. And almost into a, a, a store, a front end of a store, mm. front of a store. But the telephone pole stopped me. That was a great thing. So, um, but I don't remember. I I don't remember any right. any of it. I think I remember the initial impact. But um, I woke up in the hospital. Yeah. So that was brutal. And then so I had ended up getting some had a small traumatic brain injury and ended up having to move home. And then when I moved home, I was in another car accident. I think maybe less than six months later and I got T-boned from the other side going up. <laughs> right. I mean, why not? So going up Brownsboro road where dolls used to be. Uh-huh. Um, and I was in the middle lane, like the left lane and a woman was trying to beat mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. but I was coming up cresting over that hill mm-hmm. and she gunned it and nailed me and I flew into the, the sign right there in front of dolls. Uh, again, they had to cut me out of the car. And so, yeah, so when I was in Virginia, I was in a lot of pain, mm-hmm. a lot of headaches and, you know, the whole spiel, mm-hmm. right? But it was, it was excruciating. I had migraines twice a week, sometimes three times a week, mm-hmm. which means a whole week where you feel like you've been hit by a bus. Yeah. Um, vertigo for 12 weeks, uh, back pain. Like, I was young, you know? I mean, I don't, 
I even hate that I just said that because that pain doesn't elude you because of no, your age. No. So I hate that I see that mm. social shit just like your programming just comes out. But d- in your defense, I mean, it, it is something that we think of as sort of accumulating with the passage of time. Yeah, yeah, or like mm. repetitious yeah. or whatever. So uh, nothing helped. So I went to, you know, physical therapy, didn't help, you know. Um, and I found a massage therapist mm. and it changed my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and then I came here and did it again. And I was like, I was really drawn to it because mm-hmm. it helped me so much. Mm-hmm. You were saying before, you, you kind of described your practice besides the, the assisted stretching as orthopedic massage. Mm-hmm. So meaning you focus mostly mm-hmm. just uh, for the people out there yeah no i just focus mostly like people find me for a reason mm-hmm. uh, i always say in the last call not the first mm-hmm. so they've already been through several things sure. before they find me and i'm like a desperation call like um you know the stories and you know i'm sure you hear them too um the stories that i hear on a daily mm-hmm. uh but i do you know for my own other my own other health issues i've i've I always tell my clients to advocate for themselves mm-hmm. and that's come in handy for me to advocate for myself but yeah, I do very specific work. So people call me with all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, we work on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'll throw in a, you know, I do think I just got a massage today because I'm stressed out, you know, yeah. and I'm like, oh God, it works. I can see the little <laughs> the lines on my face. Line, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I, I sometimes forget how much it works for that until mm-hmm. I receive it. And I'm like, oh God, where have you been my whole life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's- no, I was just going to say, I mean, I think the the pinnacle for my um, practice is, and I always tell folks, because it's, it's so, so hard when people ask me what to do. I don't, or what I, not what to do. What I you're glad, you're happy to tell people what to do. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but what, what do you do for a living is when people ask me that, and I'm like, I don't even know how to answer that. Mm-hmm. Like, what time of day are we talking about? Um but it is hard to describe exactly, you know, what I do. So it's not like an easy one word. Right. Do you have CPA more or, than 30 seconds? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me break it down to you. But the, really, I think the pinnacle, there are actually two moments in my career that um, are most meaningful to me is uh, when I really started working a lot with folks with Parkinson's. Hmm. This guy, Kelly, when I was working in Florida, which I think I remember telling you about, but he was um, bent over with Parkinson's and with a walker and his wife who wasn't much, much better shape herself, you know, helping him in that, in the door and out of the door and sit down and she had to untie his shoes and all this stuff. But I got to work with him. I got to work on one side of his body and, um, my mentor Aaron worked on the other side and we worked on this guy together and he was a trooper and we were done with him. It was miraculous. Um, he stood up straight. He didn't mm-hmm. have to use his cane. Mm-hmm. He t- tied his shoes. We taught him how to walk. I mean, he went and peed by himself. I mean, it was a really neat, and I just cry, you know, it's just really, the body is so resilient mm-hmm. and the, the, the mind is so resilient. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what we will allow to happen if we allow it to happen, um, if that makes any sense. But, mm-hmm. um, so that was number one. That was just so moving to me that I was so grateful to be a part of that. Um, the second thing is actually Aaron's cousin who lives in near Midway, Kentucky, as tall as Aaron. If you've seen Aaron really tall guy, um, I didn't realize how tall he was cause he was in a wheelchair when he came to my office and his wife wheeled him in and he had advanced Parkinson's and, uh, stretched him out and he didn't need his wheelchair when I was done. That was really powerful. Yeah. And he was really tall. <laughs> I didn't, you, you know, he's just this collapsed jellyfish in his wheelchair but yeah. you give people a little bit of hope mm-hmm. and that goes even into the you know into the other i always 
I don't I don't know why I don't like to call myself an activist. I just I, don't, I think it's just an overused term. But right, right. Uh, I don't know. I'm a shitster. I don't know. I don't know what my title would be for that. But uh, a dissenter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's good. Um, I just yeah. But I think that also goes into that type of work too. If you just give people a little bit of hope, mm-hmm. it really you just see their eyes brighten up. It just mm-hmm. it gives them it gives people something. So that thread is kind of threads everything together, both mm-hmm. in my job that pays me and the job that doesn't pay me yet. But, you know, you just give people a little bit of hope mm-hmm. and they'll just, they'll, they'll get the work done. So I think it's pretty cool. I'd be a, an idiot if I said that wasn't a great place to end it. Oh, well. Yeah. Hey. Thanks for that. <laughs> hey, no problem. Appreciate Glad it. I could be of assistance. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right.